Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Today, we're going to start with quarterbacks. We're going to end up with Dalvin Cook, Darius Smith, what's going on with the Vikings roster. Jeff, of course, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans. This is TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to this show. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's also easy. You can also go to TalkNorth.com and find any other shows you like, including the Viking Update show. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We do appreciate it. Our producer today is Brandon Morton. Our sponsor, as always, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Okay, so Lamar Jackson wants a trade. Uh, the Vikings are actually fairly high on the Vegas list of teams that could acquire them, even though I don't think they will. Aaron Rodgers is making life difficult for everyone around him, as always. And Kirk Cousins' future still remains somewhat in doubt past this year. Where do you want to start with the quarterback scene, Jeff? Well, I think we should start with with Kirk, since since we're a Minnesota-based podcast and Vikings and NFL insiders. So let's let's start with Kirk. And I I thought it was interesting, Jim, that Kevin O'Connell, in his interview at, at the NFL owners' meetings, this week in Phoenix um, was talking about, about cousins and how excited he is for, for Kirk that he'll have his second straight year with the same offensive coordinator, same system for the first time in forever, I guess, since he's been in Minnesota. And so he, he says, I think Kirk's going to hopefully have his very best year as, as a Viking in 2023, which I find kind of, kind of interesting from the standpoint that they haven't gotten an extension done for him. He's going to the last year of his contract. And you would certainly think if he's that big a uh, priority, which he should be, that they would get him extended. Now, we, we talked last week about the difficulty that they're having, which is in part because of Daniel Jones' contract it, it, with the Giants that was $40 million a year and Kyler Murray's making $46 million a year and Cousins – is a four-time Pro Bowler, arguably has done a lot more than Jones and Kyra Murray is a former first-round pick. But even still, you would think that Cousins' market value has risen above his current $35 million a year deal, which obviously is not chump change, but it is what it is. And agents want to get the max, and so do players when their careers are relatively short. So I think what's interesting when, when I think about this situation, and at first, the first impulse is to say there's no way that they're going to let Cousins go after after this year when, if they've got a guy that they think is a top 10 to top 12 quarterback in the league. However, there are a couple things that make it not so far-fetched. And, and first of all is that big contract that they may have to extend him with, and they may be balking at going over $40 million a year for a guy with one career playoff win. And also in this day and age of the mobile quarterbacks, and you think about guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, even Daniel Jones, very mobile, very difficult for defenses to contain. Whereas Kirk in the, obviously we saw in the playoff game, if, the offensive line protection breaks down and he didn't have Brian O'Neill and he had 
Bradbury coming back after being out for five games and he was rusty and he was, he was beat badly on that day on a number of occasions by Dexter Lawrence. So if your offensive line is shaky at times and you don't have that mobile quarterback, so that could be one factor that they're thinking about. And the other factor of course is the rookie quarterback factor, the young quarterback on their first contract and, and what that means cap wise for a team. And we saw it, with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson building a Super Bowl team there, uh, we saw with Mahomes in Kansas City when they won the went to Super Bowl back to back years as he was on his rookie deal, they still managed to win it even when he wasn't last year. But gets a lot more difficult, a lot more tight on the cap. And Jalen Hurts another example in Philadelphia last year. So when when you analyze it, and I kind of checked the numbers today. Out of the 2022 playoff teams, the 14 playoff teams, eight teams had their starting quarterbacks on rookie deals. And and what does that mean? It means that they can spend a lot more money on all the other positions on offense and defense to build a great supporting cast for that young quarterback. And especially if if it's a super talented one like Mahomes or Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow, another example, uh, two years ago going to the Super Bowl, on his rookie deal. So that could be something that Quasi Adolfo Menza in his analytics background and analysis might be thinking about that. Hey, this is, could be an opportunity if we indeed can find the right quarterback. So I'm going to be very curious what the Vikings do in the draft. And as we talked about last week, there've been several more mock drafts that have been picking the saying the Vikings are going to draft a quarterback. I still don't think so. I still think they're going to go corner or perhaps defensive line, stay on defense. But it certainly wouldn't shock me if they go quarterback for some of these reasons. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And, of course, we're seeing quarterback news all over the league. You have Lamar Jackson asking for a trade. You have Aaron Rodgers uh, saying all kinds of ridiculous things that are immediately refuted by the Packers. And my, my question is, if you're the Jets, listen, it's such an easy thing, right? They have a good team, a good roster, terrible quarterback situation, and here's a Hall of Famer you can acquire really for not that much given his track record. But do you really think Aaron Rodgers is going to play well? And I mean play well in terms of as a personality in New York. Yeah, well, he he's certainly an upgrade over, over what they have. Yes, and I, and I and I think it will be kind of kind of re-energize him, and and want to prove the Packers wrong. He he's one of those guys that's got the chip on his shoulder all the time, and I'm sure that he'll be highly motivated to play back play up to his MVP caliber. So I I don't think that the Jets are worried about that so much as as what they're going to have to give him. And how long Rogers is going to continue to play? Now, I think that's the, been the hang-up. Is that I'm sure the Jets are going to give their second-round pick this year. They don't want to give their first-round pick this year, number 13 overall. They may have to in the final analysis. I don't think they will. And even Brian Good, because the GM said I'm not necessarily asking for a first-round pick. I do think he's asking for a first-round pick as a conditional next year depending on how Rodgers performs this year and if he comes back next year, I think then then it's it's certainly understandable that the Packers would want to get the Jets' first-round pick next year. And and that's why I've been saying all along, I think it's a second-round pick this year, maybe a, another throw-in of a later-round pick this year, and 
a conditional first round pick next year, depending on how he plays and if he's going to continue to play and so forth. But yeah, I thought it was really, again, interesting, as you said, that Rogers makes the statement that, Oh, I want to have open dialogue with the Packers <laughs> after the season. And, and then, Gutekunst says, I couldn't get a hold of Rogers at all. He wouldn't answer. He wouldn't talk to me. And we had to go through his his agents who told us he wants to be traded to the Jets. He still hasn't talked to Aaron Rodgers. And and so, yeah, it's the usual double talk from Rodgers saying, yeah, I want to have this open dialogue with the Packers. Not really. No, not really. <laughs> Definitely not really. But listen, you, you ran the Vikings, you ran the Tennessee Titans, you came up through the Vikings organization, you were in the NFL for a long, long time. Did you ever, and I, you don't even have to name the name, I'm not asking you to embarrass anybody, but did you ever have a player you dealt with as an executive who just made you feel like, I just want this person out of my sight? <laughs> not really. I, I, I can't honestly say... That I did. I, I think that we had we had a pretty good group of guys on on both that th- those Viking teams of the '90s and and the Titans teams in the early 2000s. Uh, really good locker room chemistry in, in in both those organizations, and I think a lot of that started with with the quarterbacks that we had, and thinking of guys like Brad Johnson, even Randall Cunningham uh, in in Minnesota during those years. Warren Moon for several years. Certainly, Warren Moon, very accomplished guy, but but he was he was not a guy that was going to ruffle a lot of feathers among the organization. And in Tennessee, Steve McNair was a, just a terrific guy, very down to earth, very approachable. And so I think the quarterbacks were not of that ilk at all. And and even some of the some of the diva type receivers that you think about. Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and so forth. I got along great with those guys and had no problems with them. And Eddie George was a great team leader in Tennessee. So I, I can't say that we really had anybody that I, I, I ever said, we got we got to dump this guy in a heartbeat. <laughs> but it there, there probably was somebody, but I, nobody that jumps out at me at this point. <laughs> What do you think Lamar Jackson? Well, let's uh, let's tee this up and then let's thank White Bear like Superstore and then come back. Uh, what do you think Lamar Jackson's worth? Do you think he'll be traded? And uh, should we spend any time uh, thinking about the Vikings as a potential suitor? First, before we get to Jeff's answer about that question, let's thank White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. My longtime friend, owner Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gattrell, and their great staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You'll see March Madness sales event is on now. 4.15% APR for 60 months on 2023 Buick Enclave Essence and 2022 Buick Encore Preferred and Encore GX, a 3.9% APR offer for 60 months on 2023 Buick Envisions, 2.98% APR for five years, $4,000 purchase allowance, and a $1,500 engine credit on GMC Sierra 1500 elevations, plus no monthly payments for 90 days on many of their vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore, also the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore, 
They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cuts. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. As John Grzynski pointed out on the Viking Update show, Vegas has the Vikings listed like the, is a third or fourth most possible or most likely suitor for Lamar Jackson. So what do you think is going to happen with Lamar? Well, first of all, he's been t- tendered as an exclusive, a non-exclusive free uh, franchise player. So it's kind of amusing when, when Lamar says, I've, I've, I've requested that the Ravens trade me. Well, he can go out right now and negotiate a trade himself since he's acting as his own agent. He can, he can go out and negotiate a contract and have a team deliver an offer sheet to Baltimore, which certainly the Ravens may well match or take the two first-round picks, which they would probably match, and then try to trade him and get more than two first-round picks for him. And so it's just kind of funny. He said, I've requested a trade. Well, why don't you go out and, and see if you can get a deal, first of all, and find a team that's interested. And I, I don't see it happening for a, a couple of big reasons. First of all, he's missed 11 games the last two years with injuries, hasn't finished the last two seasons, He's a running quarterback with an injury history, which doesn't translate well for a guy who's asking for at least Deshaun Watson's deal, which is $230 million over, over five years, 46 a year. And he's probably looking for more than Aaron Rodgers' deal at the top of the market, which is $50 million a year, because he figures that Joe Burrow's going to pass that and probably Justin Herbert. And who knows, maybe Jalen Hurts, too. I don't think Hurts is going to get to that level. <laughs> so... I'm sure Jackson's, that's his target. And he wants a fully guaranteed contract as Watson got, which is crazy to be asking for that because it's it's just not going to happen, I don't think, unless he signs a shorter-term deal, which I think is, is the way this thing can get resolved, is for the Ravens and Jackson to come to terms on a, a three- or four-year contract that is virtually almost fully guaranteed and say it's maybe $47, $48 million a year. So it's above Watson. It's above Kyler Murray, a hair below Rodgers. Or even if he comes in at Rodgers' number, but it's a shorter deal, then the Ravens don't have as much exposure. And if they guarantee whatever, $100 to $120 million, uh, of a deal, that's about whatever, three years, $150, $140, whatever in that range. So he still gets about 65% guaranteed. That's the way this thing should be resolved. If Lamar would hire an agent <laughs> and, and negotiate in good faith and recognize that the reason Deshaun Watson got his fully guaranteed contract was because he had a no trade clause in his contract with Houston. So he could dictate where he wanted to go. And he wasn't going to Cleveland without that fully guaranteed contract. He wanted to go to Atlanta or Miami, but that hasn't, sunk into Lamar or he he knows it and doesn't care whatever but yeah I don't I don't think he's going to be traded I think he's going to end up signing with Baltimore the tricky part will be if he, if they can't get a deal done would he play under the franchise tag I would certainly recommend that he do and not give up 32 million dollars cuz he'll never make up that money again we saw that with Le'Veon Bell a few years ago, where he thought, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play out the whole, sit out the whole year, and I'll make up the money." Well, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you didn't. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, anything new in your mind on Dalvin Cook or Zedari Smith or how we should be uh, thinking about them at this point? Well, the Vikings right now <laughs> rank dead last in cap space. They've got $1.3 million of room. The team with the most cap space in the league now is the Bears with $38 million. They started with $100 million. Of course, the Vikings started $22 million in the hole. And then they were able to do the restructure on Cousins, but haven't extended him. They can still free up more money, by the way, by doing an extension on Cousins and lowering his base salary this year. But they need some cap room in order to, first of all, sign their draft class. Second of all, if they want to add anybody else in free agency that's above minimum salary, since only the top 51 players count right now, we'll do a little caponomics here, Tim. (laughs) Right now, when you're in the offseason, only the top 51 players count against the cap. So they still need to free up room for the next couple of players on the active roster. Plus, there'll be four or five players on injury reserve that they got to cover. And any injury replacements during the season, a practice squad. And so they need to free up still significant money. And the two targets I think that they have are Dalvin Cook and Zadaria Smith. Now, they, they're apparently trying to trade both those guys. It's going to be tough to trade Dalvin Cook with an $11 million base and roster, base salary roster bonus and workout bonus this year. When you look at how running backs have been devalued, which we talk about all the time, and as an example, Miles Sanders, Pro Bowl back in Philadelphia, and he signs with Carolina for $6.35 million a year. We've talked before the two Super Bowl teams – didn't have a, a running back making over two million bucks, and, and and they won the Super Bowl. So that's the Christian McCaffrey's of the world are an endangered species right now, and he he he's making sixteen million. The 49ers are going to pay him twelve in, in base salary this year, but he's almost a receiver too. So he's a little bit different. But Dalvin Cook is a pretty good receiver out of the backfield too. We saw that on that long screen pass touchdown run against against Indy. So, yeah, he's still a good player, but his numbers have been declining. His average per carry is going down. He's had a lot of lot of wear and tear over the years, injuries and so forth. They did put $7 bucks over two years into, into Alexander Madison. They've got Ty Chandler and, and Wang Wu, uh, who are two pretty good, interesting young backs. I just don't see Dalvin Cook being here. I think they're waiting it out to see if they can trade Dalvin. And if they can trade him, they can – make up more money in terms of, of salary cap recouping because the team that trades for him would pick up that guarantee that the Vikings already exercised for two million bucks. So Darius Smith, another guy, again, hard to see how they're going to trade him with, with his um, high salary over, over whatever, 10, $12 million a year for a guy who had one half of a sack and has an, in the second half of the season and has had an injury history. So I think eventually they're going to probably give up on trying to trade both those guys and, and release them. And maybe it'll be after June 1st, possibly, because at that point they can, they can spread the, the dead cap money over, over two years. And, and that, that'll help them free up some more money too. And they don't have to sign the draft choices until after June 1st. So I would think at least one of these guys will be a post-June 1 cut. 
So that, that makes a lot of sense. And in terms of McCaffrey, he is an outlier, uh, both because he's been a dominant receiver and a dominant running back. And the 49ers, as you, you know, you, as you said early in this, this show, they're not paying a high price at quarterback right now, which gives them a lot of flexibility. And they also, they're already loaded. Their entire defense is loaded. They already have a Pro Bowl tight end receiver. Uh, you know, so they, they were able to, they have a different structure than most rosters. Most rosters are paying the quarterback a lot, and they're still trying to acquire great players at other positions. The 49ers really didn't have that many more needs. Right, and, and again, they're one of those teams that is benefiting from having the, the rookie contract at quarterback between Trey Lance and, and Brock Purdy. Both of those guys are on, on a rookie contract. So that frees up money to have the luxury of having this most expensive running back in the league with McCaffrey and also being able to go out and sign Javon Hargrave, who was probably the best interior defensive lineman in free agency and give him whatever 20 million a year. So it's, it's interesting to see what these teams are thinking about. And as we've said before, when it comes to quarterbacks, anything can happen. Hey, we saw Bill Belichick (laughs) draft Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round when he had Brady in his prime and then he traded Garoppolo three years later because Brady was still in his prime. <laughs> no doubt about it. Hey, what do you think of the uh, Dean Lowry uh, development? I, I think it's uh, a couple of things. And and I always said, if you're going to sign a free agent, if you can sign it from one of your rival teams in your division, that that's a double whammy because it helps you and it hurts them. And he was a solid player for them, kind of a a – just a lunch, lunch pail, go to work guy and solid on the defensive line for Green Bay for several years and had a connection, of course, with the Vikings coaching staff with Mike Patton and Mike Smith. And so he now comes to the Vikings and can play inside. He can play outside. He, he's not necessarily a replacement for Dalvin Tomlinson, who I think is, is obviously a little bit more of an elite player, but he'll help them. And, in terms of, of their inside players and, and the fact that he can go outside too. So I think Dean Lowry is a good signing for not a lot of money, uh, a two-year deal with a max value of $8.5 million. And, and so that, that was, a, I think, a solid move on, on the part of the Vikings as they probably – that might be their last free agent signing for a while because of their cap situation. Let's get a final thought from Jeff. Once again, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, sponsored by White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. Again, if you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's the easiest way to listen. Let's, uh, Jeff, what is your final thought for today? Oh, I think my final thought is pro days are winding down, which is a good thing <laughs> because, yeah, again, it's, it's the overkill season. In, in the draft preparation process, and which is why I've always said move the draft up to late March and, and move the pro days up to right after the combine or even skip the pro days and don't be bringing in players pre-draft to your facility, spending all this extra money. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> There's just way too much time that's expended before the draft. And we know that the NFL loves the build-up to the draft, but and all the – conjecture who's the number one quarterback is it cj stroud is it bryce young will levis anthony richardson who's going where but it's just it it does get tiresome and and the pro days it's just ridiculous when you see the coverage 
on NFL Network of a pro day. <laughs> they're they're really desperate for content, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, let's face it: TV stations, TV networks, they're not looking for the highest quality content. They're looking for whatever will get them eyeballs and on a good cost uh, ratio. And they, they they can just put pro days and their their NFL. Um, reporters who were already paid year round to put them on the air and they'll get ratings. They will, you know, it's ridiculous, but it, it works for them. Yeah, I, I guess it does, but Hey, it's, it's opening day of baseball tomorrow. So yes, we can, we can think about, think about that too. And the NFL draft coming up soon and free agency. And before you know it, it'll be the off season programs, OTAs and, the, the calendar moves quickly. <laughs> well, and you know, they, we say in our businesses, we're going to ask the twins, please get us to training camp. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I mean, I want the twins to be in the postseason. I, I would love to see them, you know, make a run. But the at the very least, they just need us to get to where the Vikings are the prime story in town again. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And and in the meantime, you've got the, the Wild and the Wolves will be in the playoffs hopefully with the wolves and the wild certainly. And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of content this time of year. And, but as you say, always say the NFL manages to stay in the news. <laughs> always does. Uh, great stuff from Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Brandon. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>